one year and two operations later. I had been in Beaumont Hospital twice in the space of six months for operations on the spine that might have left me in a wheelchair or incontinent or just dead, and having been restored to health by the hands of so many gifted doctors and nurses, I felt a kind of inundation of light. I could only describe it as an intimate experience, an encounter. I don't want to say a religious experience, because that might put you off. It was a transformation not of my own making. I can't adequately relate how terrified I was of hospital, of scalpels and knives and ink marks on my eyebrow and marks all along my spine and tight surgical socks and hospital gowns that tied up at the back. I didn't like it one bit. Though I pretended I was not bothered, I hid under the blankets, I sheltered beneath the soft voices in my earphones. I counted every day, like a decade, until I was free. One day a friend phoned. I saw his name on the screen and decided not to answer. Then he called again. This time I did pick up. How are you? I'm fine, says I. How are you? He went on to talk about the immediate reason for his call. Someone we both knew when we were students had died. I expressed sadness and then went on to talk about the old days, politics, various television programmes and an amount of books that either one or both of us had recently read. We were almost at the end of the chat when he turned again to me. But how are you? he asked again. I said actually I'm great, but I couldn't talk just now, and that I might call him back in a week or so. He hung up, and I wondered what had just happened. He was a friend. I was in hospital. Yet I never told him. I was feeling dejected, anxious, and perhaps slightly depressed. I never told him anything. You play your cards very close to your chest, someone once said to me years ago, when she couldn't construe what I was thinking. I had not written to my old school friend for years, never texted nor phoned. He did all the work, and I suppose it was when I got sick that I noticed it most. I lived with my worries bottled up inside me. He phoned regularly, pouring out his woes and leaving nothing bottled up. And then he would go on to inquire how I was doing, and I would put up a guard, a shield, a ring of steel, and the conversation became a game to prevent him extracting anything from me. When you get ill and then recover, a sense of elation overwhelms the body. That's why I went to the coast. Gratitude can be so intense that you need to be alone with it. You need to nurture it, bring it to the surface and offer it to the gods, to Jesus maybe, or Buddha, or whomsoever is your mentor deity. 
Gratitude is a sensation so beautiful that you almost feel glad that you got sick in the first place. Not that I was out of the woods. One year and two operations later, I was at the coast. I arrived at the end of April, and I was still very fragile. But I stood at the edge of the ocean. It was blue. I lay on the sand, and I stretched myself to look up. It felt like blue eyes in the blue universe were watching me. Illness had been like an ocean, and my body a small boat tossed here and there. Recovery was like finding land safely. Now I was overwhelmed with gratitude, as if the same ocean of suffering had contained a hidden motherly presence. After all, I had survived. I wanted to give thanks, and the ocean seemed the place that was calling out to me, now tender in its splendour and gentleness. The wind was in my ears, as if someone spoke. I can take care of your wound, the wind seemed to say. I can take care of your heart. I can take care of every detail. You must only think of me. A comforting message, but to whom was I speaking? You don't have to tell anyone, she whispered. It can be our secret. And that was the first day. As Rumi says, the wound is where the light comes in. The beach had been the scene of the crime because it was there I first noticed things were going wrong with my body. But I was returning to the place of the storm, metaphorically, and acknowledging it as the most beautiful place in the world on the edge of the ocean in Donegal. It was here that I had fallen ill, and I thought it would complete the journey if I returned here to rest. Not to be physically mended, because that had already happened, but rather to be healed in the heart, and to savour the light that was flooding into me in the wake of a sickness that could have finished me off, had it not been for modern medicine. And it was here that I planned to stay for a full year, until the spring of 2022, by the water's edge, with only occasional visits home to Leitrim, and occasional visitations from the beloved who would come up from Leitrim to mark the seasons, the feast days, the family days, the birthdays, and death days. But essentially I was committed to retreat, to an embrace of solitude and to the ocean, to give thanks simply for being alive. Watching the light every day dance on the waves, and the waves fall like thunder on the shoreline and on the rocks along the broken islands around the beach. At night the wind bringing the sea to me in roars that tore the darkness asunder from one good Friday to the next. I was released from hospital on Good Friday of 2021, 
and arrived at the shoreline at the end of April. It was the beginning of the most wonderful retreat I have ever embarked on. The beginning of what in Islam they call the longest spiritual journey a human being can ever make. The journey from the head to the heart.